Many foreign observers were rooting for Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva in the presidential race against Jair Bolsonaro, the incumbent. For some foreign investors, Lula represents a more predictable politician. O Brasil era a 12ª economia do mundo, chegou à 6ª economia do mundo. But the main issue that made people skeptical of Bolsonaro is the climate. Foi no nosso governo o melhor desmatamento, o menor desmatamento da Amazônia. Foi no nosso governo. E o seu é o maior todo ano. For nearly four years, Bolsonaro has consistently chipped away at Brazil's environmental policies and ability to curb deforestation. In European and North American newspapers, journalists describe the presidential election as a vote on the future of the planet. Which means the most important day for planet Earth and your survival is October 30th. Many fear that should Bolsonaro win, Amazon deforestation would continue until the rainforest was destroyed beyond recovery. This week, as the UN Climate Conference COP27 kicks off, we will talk about the environmental legacy of Jair Bolsonaro, whose administration will end on December 31st, 2022. My name is Gustavo Ribeiro. I'm the editor-in-chief of the Brazilian Report. This is Explaining Brazil. Before we get into today's show, I have a little reminder for you. As you may already know, the Brazilian Report is funded by subscriptions and support from loyal readers. Besides subscribing to our website and getting exclusive daily content on Brazil and Latin America, you can also treat our staff to one to five cups of coffee a month. In return, you get exclusive benefits like special newsletters, behind-the-scenes content, as well as a shout-out here on our podcast. And today I want to thank our Buy Me A Coffee members, Steve Knapp, Aaron Berger, James Coney, Kars Vresvik, Elasdair Townsend, Peter Abrahamson, Michael Fryer, Miller Renacido, Jim Awafadeju, David Dixon, Felipe Saito, José Rose Stankovic, Gabriela Graf Innes, Emerging Market Muser, Yarden Iftar, Tonica Thompson, Anderson da Silva, Kat Kramer, Fra, Peter Suffering, Anna Land, and someone who chose to remain anonymous. If you are like them and believe in the importance of independent journalism, just head over to buymeacoffee.com slash Brazilian Report and subscribe to one of the membership tiers. If you cannot make a monthly commitment, you can still tip us a cup of coffee every now and then to give us the energy we need to cover a country as complex as Brazil and a region as complex as Latin America. And we appreciate all of your support. Click on buymeacoffee.com slash Brazilian Report to find out more. The Tanaloa Institute, a think tank, wrote a report through its public policy watchdog arm, Politica por Inteiro, listing 401 measures enacted by the Bolsonaro administration and which he thinks the new government must revoke or reform as soon as possible. This week we host Ana Paula Prates, public policy director at the Tanaloa Institute. 
So to begin with, how was Brazil's environmental policy under Jair Bolsonaro? The Institute says he, quote, deconstructed the country's environmental controls. What do you mean by that? Hello, everybody. It is a pleasure to be here with you today on behalf of the Talanoa Institute. First, and before answering, it is necessary to explain that we use the word deconstruction instead of destruction, for example, because it is a term that Bolsonaro himself used for categorizing his politics in Brazil. It was a policy of deconstruction with which these 401 measures uh, as uh, executive orders are parts, but which is not limited to them. In four years of Bolsonaro government, more than 140,000 acts were published impacting environment and climate policy. From this universe, applying the methodology and typology developed by political Porinteiro project that we, we work, we identified 2,189 infralegal acts relevant to climate and social environmental policy in Brazil. And among these norms, uh, 855 contributed to the deconstruction process. And from this inventory, we concluded that 401 acts require immediate action between revocation and uh, revisions. This total contains measures issues at both the presidential and ministerial level, coming from various cabinets and not only the environmental one. For example, we have uh, 48 acts were issued by the Ministry of Ag Agriculture and uh, another act from uh, directly of presidential. And the policy science and public policy itself materialized not just from act and orders, but also from speech. What the authorities say or does not say matter. And Bolsonaro's speech or omissions or silence about climate and environment issues had tremendously harmful impact. In April 2020, Brazil's environment minister was Ricardo Salles, who left the government last year after being associated with an illegal timber trafficking ring. He was filmed in April 2020 saying that the government should take advantage of the press's undivided attention on COVID at the time. Quanto estamos nesse momento de tranquilidade no aspecto de cobertura de imprensa, porque só fala de COVID? And quote, run the cattle herd through Brazil's environmental regulations. E passando a boiada e mudando todo o regramento e simplificando normas. Was he able to do so? Yes. Unfortunately, in fact, it is good to say that at the time of this meeting that was Sally's film, it was uh, it was when we became aware of the ministry methodology. 
But in fact, the boyadas, we call cattle herd, the boyadas here, were already passing since the first day of Bolsonaro government. For example, all the administrative reforms he made in the ministry, especially of the Ministry of Environment, starting in the first day in January 2019, when the, for example, Minister of the Environment lost from night to day several agendas, such as climate, combat, deforestation, environmental education, fisheries management, water resource, among the others. And soon after, in April 2019, uh, 19, another decree was published extinguish all commissions, forum, and co committees, like boards, eliminate the participation of civil society and, and social content in public policy. The method of undoing infralegal regulation has remained in places for the entire four years of the government which is why we have reached the impressive number of monetary and evaluated acts uh, showing in the, this work. Now, Salas' replacement, Joaquin Leite, has a very different demeanor. He launched a decree on carbon markets and updated Brazil's nationally determined contribution to the Paris Agreement. Did he bring real improvement to Brazil's climate policies, or was it more greenwashing than anything else? Mm, yes, uh, the present the present minister, Paris Joaquim Leite, is no different now that you it was under Salles because nothing has been revised. The carbon market decree, for example, drawn up by this ministry has in fact blocked an important bill of law that has been discussed in the National Congress since the COP26 last year. The decree only plans something but does not create anything. In fact, there is one of the examples of decree that we point out to be revoked. And yes... We think it is the greenwashing because the climate priority of this government has been to make pavilions of the COP only and not to show effective results in terms of emission reduction or resilience measures, for example. What were the most damaging moves by the Bolsonaro administration in regard to the climate? Several acts were detrimental to, to the climate, but I can relate, for, for example, the extinction of the Amazon Fund Committee, which leads to the donor countries blocking the use of resorts that were primarily intended for Obama's action to combat deforestation in the Amazon and uh, fires combat, etc., in this way, the effects of the environmental destruction were felt from the paralysis of mechanisms for financial and sustainable agenda, like as Climate Fund and Amazon Fund, as I said, to the setbacks in the in our climate commitments (NDC), to indicators such as the explosion of deforestation rates 
recording breakfires and low rates of payment of environmental fine. Does we have move uh, move away from our emission reduction uh, reduction targets? Push the Amazon closer to this point of no return and left the historical most vulnerable population more exposed to COVID, for example, and the ever more frequent extreme events and under an increasing economic and financial burden due to the option of no tackling the transition agenda, implementation, mitigation, and adaptation policy. The Talanoa Institute's report says that some of these problematic measures cannot just be written off and that simply revoking them would create a sort of regulatory vacuum that would be a huge problem in itself. What areas are we talking about here? And can you give us a practical example of what you mean by this sort of regulatory vacuum? Yes, there is some uh, a lot of example, but I can highlight, for example, a norm that altered the decree that institutes the Council for Preparation and follow-up of the process for Brazil accession to OECD, which is an example of what should be revised or re-regulation to include civil society. It is a simple uh, its simple revoke would be prejudicial, delay the process of Brazil accession of the OECD, for, for example. There is another example, the publication of the list of endangered speech that was elaborated after a great scientific and technical work. However, at the time of publication, some shark species were removed from the list due to the demand of the industrial fiction sector in Brazil. This case is another one that we point out that is sufficient to publish the list again, with only with the addition of the sharks species. And another example, the collegiate bodies should not be, to be revoked, but rather revived in a light, uh, greater diversity of representation in order to maximize social and scientific participation in the discussion, for example. For these measures, what should be done as opposed to merely revoking them? Yeah, it is important that regulation to be reviewed based on the new government directive, especially in order to better and more and modern regulation the various teams. One example could be restructuring of the boards, uh, as I said before, so that have a great diversity of voices even in relation to the uh, structures previous to Bolsonaro government. In this way, in the seventh case, it is more important to improve than to revoke. Civil society lost the space in several committees and councils, so it is important to restart this. And we need to, to come forward, uh, how can I say, to go for and know to, to come back. Now, days before the election, Lula pledged to seek zero Amazon deforestation and to make Brazil's energy matrix carbon neutral. 
Has the president-elect and his team given specific proposals to achieve any of these goals? Yes, the president-elect Lula has put in his government program the straightening, for example, of Ministry of the Environment and of the Control and Management Institutes, such as IBAMA and the Chico Mendes Institute of Conservation. He has also mentioned uh, the creation of a specific, specific locus for the indigenous people. Besides that, he has commitment himself to establish the funds, and he is also indicated that we have a climate authority in the country in order to be able to deal with the climate in a mainstream way, with environment, energy, transportation, and other agendas. There has been much discussion about who Brazil's next environment minister will be and suggestions that Lula may even make the announcement during his visit to COP27, which he will do so next week. So far, we have heard Marina Silva, Isabela Teixeira, both former environment ministers, or even Senator Randolfo Rodrigues floating as potential candidates. What do you think of these possibilities, and what kind of environment minister does Brazil need at this point? <laughs> we are as curious as you are. Um, I rather leave the speculation about the names for of the future ministry to the political commenters. For us, the important thing is that regardless of who will be the next ministry, there will be a lot of work to be done and a lot of people willing to help. Instead, uh, already already helping, in fact, with documents like ours and many other initiatives in Brazil. Studies say that Brazil's pledge to cut methane emissions set at 30% by 2030 could be much bolder if the country just furthered already existing climate policies on energy, agriculture, waste management, and deforestation control. Do you agree with those findings? In the first place, Brazil signed the method pact last year, aim a 30% global emission reduction by uh, to, uh, 2030. The government never announced that the internal reduction target would be the same 30%. Like in so many other situations, it signed a compromise, a compromise without bothering to explain that it would to, to the get there. What the Climate Observatory defends is as a, a network of a civil society defend last month was that the technology technology and know-how to reduce 36% of our methane emission are already here. The Talanoa Institute talks about the, quote, deconstruction of the Bolsonaro government and calls for the need for, quote, reconstruction going forward. Is it realistic for us to expect the Lula government to put Brazil back on track concerning the environment and climate? Or will the moves made under Bolsonaro take much longer to be rectified? It is difficult to say that, but Lula's government will have a lot of work to do, especially in the first year. The scorched earth 
left by Bolsonaro and his team will demand a huge effort from the new administration. So it is important to keep this in mind in order to modulate expectation of immediate results that we can take to for granted of the horizon is that yes, Lula's administration has everything to be extremely successful, more proposal, more problem solve, and more diplomatic than Bolsonaro. Of course, it is important to emphasize that in the week after Lula's election, there have already been congratulations from world leaders of the most varied political persuasion, as well as invitation to international ev events such as COP27 and signing from Norway. Norway and Germany that way uh, that they want to return to transfer values to Brazil for social environment and climate projects. Therefore, the pro prospect that the country will return to the tracks of good policies, qualified management, and the uh, established of relation and public policy. But regardless of who it is in power, the climate, uh, our, our glass is running out. So wasted time cannot be an option anymore. Ana Paula, thank you very much for coming to our podcast. Oh, great. Thank you to you. Ana Paula Prates is a public policy director at the Talanoa Institute. If you like Explaining Brazil, please give us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts. It takes only a second and it will help us reach a broader audience. Or better yet, sign up for the Brazilian Report, the journalistic engine behind this podcast. We have a subscription-based business model and your memberships fuel our journalism and keep us going and growing. Thanks to our subscribers, we have been able to cover Brazil and Latin America extensively. And for our work, we have been shortlisted for or even won several awards. The latest were the 2022 Epi Awards, for which we won prizes for Best Political Cartoon and Best Overall Design. We were also runner-ups for Best Political Website or Blog, with under 1 million views and Best Homepage Design. And in order to keep doing that work, we really need your support. Go to brazilian.report slash subscribe. I'm Gustavo Ribeiro. Thanks for listening. Explaining Brazil will be back next week.